Welcome back, everybody. We are back with yet another week of the podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, we got a good topic today. I mean, not really much to update you guys on as far as my end. I mean, just getting ready for my show. Um, it was, oh, actually, no, that's that's what's new. So, um, <laughs> oh, actually, nothing let me new give to update. It, and yeah, nothing new. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. There is something to update. Um, so we've, we've known, you know, I talked about it last weekend where, um, you know, we're within 12 weeks or whatever it was that my coach said uh, a couple weeks back. So, you know, last week I was give or take like eight to 10 weeks out wherever it is. Um, but actually I think it was Tuesday of this week. I think it was, yeah, it was Tuesday. Um, my coach picked the show. So I'm going to be doing, um, victory classic here in Shelby, North Carolina, June 24th. So I am, um, just exactly five weeks out as of today, which today is the 20th of May. So I'm five weeks out right now. Um, because the 24th is a Saturday and today is a Saturday. So um, exactly five weeks out right now. Um, tomorrow is going to be four weeks and some change. So got yeah. that coming up, um, which is going to be interesting. I was surprised that he picked such a close show um, just because we have to kind of put the hammer down now and drop some fat. Um, but I mean, it is kind of coming off pretty quick for the most part. And, you know, we'll just cut some food, add some cardio and maybe increase allergy to anabolics maybe i'm not sure yet um but we'll go from there so i mean that's that's my newest update so i got five weeks and i got a week in florida next month before the show so i'll be two weeks out um from the so i'm, I'm in florida from the 8th to i think the 14th so i'm there for a week um and then i got my show a little over a week <laughs> so, after i get back so you're almost at peak week and literally and you're... literally yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be dice as fuck for florida dude i'm so hyped yeah, like I'm, I'm going to be my leanest I've ever been. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the temptations. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it'll be hard because like when we were last in Florida, we were getting dinner all the time. Like almost every day we we're going out to dinner and, um, and we were getting ice cream after and shit like that. So it's like, I mean, that was a couple of years ago, but, um, yeah, it's gonna be hard, but also like, it's gonna be kind of, um, a kind of a test to me whether or not I want it bad enough because, I'm going to be so close to my show that anything I eat off plan, which I'm not going to, I'm going to set that goal for myself to not eat anything off plan remotely, just water really at restaurants. But um, that if I eat anything off plan, it's going to reflect my show um, because I'm not going to come in. And because we have so much work to do in the next five weeks, like it's really going to set me back. I'm not talking like, like if we're 16 weeks out and I'm at the level I'm at now, we barely have to do any cutting really like a super lean cut, like, like a couple hundred calories under maintenance and I'd get really lean for a show if I was 16 weeks out, but I'm five weeks out and I still got quite a bit of weight to lose. So anything that I like take in, that's not part of the plan and put on as weight is you're going to reflect obviously in the show. So it's going to be that much more of a motivator. I expect to get a text from you saying the restaurant wouldn't let me use their microwave to heat up my chicken and rice. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to, I'm wondering if they'll let me do that. Like if I could be like, can you guys just like microwave this? I'll pay you guys like five bucks or something to microwave it. Like, <laughs> like just a minute. I'll be like specifically this one minute and 20 seconds. That's the, that's the sweet spot. Can I do that? But like and bring please, it out when their food comes out and please clean out the microwave. I don't want anything else in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no oils. I don't want any fish residue. Nothing. I don't want <laughs> carb residue. If there's any fucking fats in there, take it out. I brought my microwave. Can you plug it in? <laughs> Just a fresh microwave. 
<laughs> Don't even ask them. Just find a, like a wall outlet and plug it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if someone else has a booth and you walk up, you're like, excuse me, I'm going to need your booth for the, for the next minute 20. <laughs> yeah, one minute 20 exactly. Let me plug it in real quick. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that'd be that'd be cool if they they could microwave it. I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna I got to try to keep the same circadian rhythm um, for the most part. So I got to like roughly train. I mean, ideally, I want to wake up and go to bed around the same time that I normally do. Um, that's the biggest thing. And then I want to train. Ideally, I mean, I'm gonna end up training in the morning. Um, if I could pick, I'd train in the early afternoon. But we're gonna be at the beach at the time, so I'm gonna train in the morning um, and try to eat at the same time every day as I, as I normally do. So, um, I, right now I'm trying to get my meals in within the same like 10 minute or so time frame uh, for each meal. So like my first meal is usually around eight 30. Um, my second meal is around like 11, 15, my third meal is around two. So, um, I'm trying to get it like the exact same 10 minute time frame or so, give or take 10 minutes. Um, so I'm going to try to do that when I'm down in Florida as well. But, Again, it'll be a test. It'll be a test of how bad I want it. I mean, I've been we've been working towards the show for about two and a half years now. So, was there any kind of mindset change for you when he finally gave you the date? Because obviously, you guys knew that it was coming up, but the actual date was set. The actual venue was picked. Was there like a change from that point forward? Um, not not really drastically. Like it's more of like I have a deadline now. So it's like yeah. before I was still doing the same thing. I was sticking to the plan, not deviating. I knew show was coming up soon. I'm trying to lose all the fat I can. That's what I was focusing on. But now it's like, okay, this is when I need to come dialed in. And if I'm this far out, how do I look in comparison to the competition? Stuff like that. So like I already know a few guys who are competing in that show. Um, one of them is actually one of my uh, my coach's other client. And then uh, Chewy has a client um, that's competing in that in that show as well. So like – I, I can kind of I know a couple guys roughly who's going to be competing in it, so I'm like, okay. Um, I know Chewy's clients going to be competing in Master, so he won't be my competition. But my coach's other client, I think, will end up being in my height range as well, so he mm. might be in the same class as me. So it's like, okay, how does he look five weeks out versus me? So um, that's kind of what's coming into my head now is like, what's my competition looking like? I mean, I've been to the show before. Past two years, I've actually gone as as a spectator. Um, because I've known people competing in each year. Um, two years ago was my coach. And then the year the year after, so last year was Chewy. He was competing in it. So I went for that. So I've been the past two years. And I know the level of competition there. So um, basically my coach is like, you're going to get at least overall like placing. So like he's basically guaranteeing me the class win, uh, which is kind of what I expect. Um, yeah, but he's still got to work for it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, if, if everything goes to plan, which it should. Um, I'll be at least winning the class and then going for overall after that. But it also depends on his other client competing. So um, him, and, him and I both have our pros and cons. So it's, I think it's going to come down to what the judges prefer. Um, I got to get some posing work in for my transitions. He has to get his posing in for the actual poses themselves. So we got our pros and cons here and there. But um, as far as mindset goes, I mean, what's funny is that the day he told me that night, I had a super vivid dream of me competing, like it felt real. And then the yeah. next morning I dropped, I weighed myself and dropped over two pounds overnight. Hmm. Um, granted, it's on now. Manifesting the potential. <laughs> no, but for real, like that's what it was like. Granted, it's all, it's back on now. I'm back over 200, but I was like 199 point or 198.8 or something. Hmm. Um, so I dropped like two over two and a half pounds, like since from Saturday to Wednesday. 
um, when I did my Wednesday weigh-in. So now I have two weigh-ins a week, um, Wednesdays and Saturdays, um, in case we need to make any differences. And the closer we get to the show, the more of my weigh-ins are going to be. And it's probably going to – probably peak week is going to be like daily weigh-ins. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, really just for me now, it's just staying dialed in, making sure I'm not deviating, and it's like – it's like no i can't eat that like i literally like we went to this like this like picnic thing today that was like done up and all of that with our friends and like i you saw it on my you could see it on my instagram story like literally like my tupperware ch- like plain chicken and green beans in the tupperware on the, the plate and everybody else is eating like chick-fil-a and you know yep. chips and stuff like that and drinking alcohol and i'm here with like an energy drink a zero calorie energy drink and hmm. chicken and broccoli or not chicken bro- chicken and green beans so yeah, it's um, it's like I literally can't stray at all. Like, there's there's no choice. Like, I have to stay on t- on plan, you know. But they they had a microwave for a minute twenty there, so that's good. Yeah, well, I microwaved <laughs> it inside and then brought it out to the picnic. <laughs> so I had to I had to do that. But everything else was like pre made. They had like um like pre made subs from like Firehouse Subs and stuff, which Oof. is like a big sub chain down here. So like that was hard. But it was really hard sticking to the plan, watching all that. But like, that's also gonna be my test in Florida. Like, one of my favorite foods ever is gator, and it's so hard to get it anywhere but Florida. So like, that sucks. I'm not gonna be able to get in gator. Um, and plus, so. Florida just has the overall like ambience and nightlife, especially to just very easily go out and do stuff. So oh yeah, yeah, that's and gonna be a test too. We go out every night for dinner, and like a lot of time we do lunches and stuff. And it's like we're gonna be they're all gonna be drinking. We're gonna be walking on like a boardwalk and shit. Like we're going to Siesta Key, so like there's gonna be a lot to do. Um, yeah. And like a lot of ice cream and shit. And it's like, I literally can't have any of that. Like I'm going to be carrying a jug of water with me everywhere I go. Hmm. Like I'm going to have to figure out something to tie me over, like just to get through the day. Um, and I'm going to be two weeks out. So I'm going to be hungry as shit. But the good news is, is that we don't really do much as it is. Like most of the day we end up just lounging on the beach besides like going out to dinner and walking around maybe after that. Um, yeah. So like for the most part, I'll be lounging and just kind of, doing whatever and then i could just eat whenever and i'll be enjoying the sun i'll get a little tan prior to the actual spray tan for the show and then uh are you doing your own spray tan or are you going somewhere for no it? every show they do um almost every single show there's a spray tan company that will sponsor the show and they do the spray tans for everybody um so they you end up doing it like the day before during the weigh-ins i think so i gotta go uh, the day before, the, the two days before, I got to check exactly when it is. We go weigh in. Um, I think it's a Thursday. So the show's on a Saturday. Um, I think it's that Thursday from 5 to 7, I have to go and weigh in. Um, so I have to drive somewhere. I think it's um, to the hotel or something and weigh in. I think that's when they do the spray tan. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what we got to do. But what sucks Your is wife that, didn't want to uh, didn't want to get the can and do it herself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She's got this uh, tanning lotion now that's been working for her, but I'm like, eh, I'll just wait. I'm going to wait for Florida, get some natural tan, and then they got to spray tan me anyways for the show. So, um, But if we do do the spray, I'll find out more. I, if, if we do the spray tan before the show, um, then I'm going to need to change the sheets um, on the yep. bed and do like shitty sheets um, yep. that we don't mind like kind of ruining a little bit. Like it'll mostly wash out, but... In the case that it does stain a little bit, I don't want to stain our main sheets that we use. So, gotta prioritize. I would that. probably sleep in like sweatpants and a baggy sweatshirt and just cover yourself completely and then just like throw out the clothes or inside yeah. out the wash. Or, yeah, that's like, that's an idea. Um, I don't know. I'll talk to my coach and I'll talk to other guys who compete and see what they do. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the biggest change this week. Is just um, nothing's changed actually on the program yet. I'm I'm kind of waiting for 
my coach has sent me an update. Um, chances are he he is going to send me an update at some point. So I'm just waiting for that. Um, and then we'll probably, you know, whatever it is to change up, I'll, I'll get into it. But um, we haven't changed anything with that Wednesday update. So Wednesday weigh-in, that is. And you're doing men's physique. So what's your weigh-in cap? What's What do you have um, to come in under? I think... Let me check. So I think it's based off the NPC. Um, let me check. Because I know it's based off, obviously, your height. So Yeah. Um, let me look it up. Uh, see if I could find the, the weight caps and stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, June 24th, Kitty Promotions. Registration's not open yet. I'll pay for that next month. And you also got to pay for an NPC card, which is like 150 bucks, which is yeah. dumb, but I get it. Um, is that like a step above amateur shows? Like No, so NPC is like basically the amateur division. And then there's the well, IFBB. I, I, isn't there shows you can just <laughs> play, pay like a flat rate and just go? Um, it, it might, may, maybe, but if it's not, if it's part of the NPC, what you have to do is um, you have to pay for an NPC card, which allows you to compete in the NPC. It's like a yearly thing. It's like 150 bucks yeah. a year and allows you to compete in any show you want. And then you got to pay to actually compete in the show. So it's $150 for the card. And then it's 115 to compete in each class. So like if I um, go to like compete in classic and men's physique, then, um, then I have to pay for like $230 or something. Yeah. So, um, let me see if I can find, uh, rules. Let's see. Men's physique. I think it's based off the NPC. Um, I'm also happy to announce that I will be competing in this show as well. Uh, I'll be there <laughs> in the, uh, in the wheelchair division and, uh, really, really repping things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> um, well, okay. So it depends on how many height classes there are. So, I don't know how many classes there are going to be. So there, from my understanding, there isn't like a weight cap um, for men's physique. But the thing is, is you're going for a certain look. So you don't want to be heavy coming into it. Classic physique, there is a weight cap. You have to be in a weight range. Um, but men's physique, you have to fit the men's physique look. So like four height classes. So there's like, there's up to eight height classes, anywhere from two to eight, um, which I think this one... Um, if I remember properly was, I think four, I'm pretty sure last year, I think it was four, um, which is five, six and under five, six to five, eight, five, eight to five, 10 and over five, 10, but it's five, six. So it's over five, six up to including five, eight. So like if you're five, eight and a half, you have to be the one above that. Um, but if you're exactly five, eight, then you can compete in that lower class if you want to. Um, so I chances are I'm going to end up being the five ten and up. Um, but if there's six weight classes, which probably not, um, they're split into like one inch ranges. So five, seven and under, and then five, seven, five, eight, five, eight, five, nine, five, nine to five, 11, and then five, 10, five, 11 is six foot and then six foot and up. So, um, that's me. yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit <laughs> more either way. You're guaranteed to be in the highest weight class or highest height class, because even with eight height classes, it's over six one. So like, you're going to, you, you would yeah. be the tallest weight I would be class, no matter what. Um, so where it's like Chewy, he's five, five. So he's in the shortest one each time. So like, he doesn't have to worry about what class he's in for me. It's like, who am I competing against? Because like my other coach's client is like, 
around 5'10", and I'm like 5'11", 5'11 and a half, even sometimes closer to six foot, depending on my posture for the day or whatever. So like, are we going to be competing against each other? It's like, we don't know. My coach is hoping we're not. He's hoping that we're in different weight or height classes. So that way we're not competing against each other until the overall. I wonder if there's like, as a coach's standpoint, like wanting to get into multiple classes. So then obviously like if, if let's say you, let's say you get separate divisions and um, different height divisions, I mean, and you, uh, you wipe the floor in yours and he wipes the floor in his, obviously people will ask like, who's your coach and whatnot. So I feel like there's incentive for him to have you guys in separate divisions and do well because then his name gets out there more. Yeah. Yes and no. Um, but he's, my coach is at the point where he has like a wait list on his clients. Oh, so okay. like he, yeah, he's at the point where he can pick and choose who his clients are. Um, <clears throat> tons of people ask to be his client. So he's at that point now. So it, for him, it's not really about like, if you're new as a coach, then yeah, the marketing is a little bit, there's a little bit of incentive. Um, but a lot of the time, most bodybuilders at this point are anywhere from five, eight to like six foot typically. So like, it's hard to be like, yeah, I want this guy and this guy to compete in this show, even though this guy's not ready. It's like, it's really ideally just whoever is ready, you know, and he's been the other, the other, um, the other client has been, has been in prep for way longer than I have been. So, um, that'll be interesting as well. I think he's been in prep for like, it's going to end up being probably about 12 weeks when he hits the show. For me, it's going to be like eight, maybe maybe a little less. So, um, that's going to be interesting at least, but yeah, so we'll see. Um, I'm hoping to get the overall. That's, that's what I'm hoping. Just got to have that confidence that you've been, you've been having for, for a while. Yeah. I mean, we bring that in and just crush it. Yeah. We've put so much effort and work in the past, like two and a half years, my coach and I, and like, we've been ready for a show for like a year and a half. Like my first show was supposed to be January of last year but we've been pushing it off until I was ready until like I had enough muscle mass. I had like good proportions. Like my posing was down. Like we were waiting for everything. And then the wedding came along and we're going to do September of last year and then push that because he didn't want to push my body through it and then have my wedding like right after and have my hormones all fucked up. So it's like, all right, let's just push it till after. And then, so like, it was just, um, like it, it, we just kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. So now it's at this point where it's like, I'm going to end up being on the heavier side like what I want to be like, I'm going to probably be like 185 ish, 180, 185, which really from there only maybe like 10, 15 more pounds of muscle. And I could probably compete in like the pro stage. So, um, which really like is pretty cool. Um, for me at this point, it's not necessarily about hitting my pro card because I don't necessarily think I, even if I get my pro card, I don't think I'll even really compete in pro for a while. Um, so for me, it's just getting up on stage and, and ideally I want to get nationally qualified. That's my goal and losing all the fat that's stubborn. So that, that way I can keep a better proportion physique throughout the year, even in the off season, um, you know, consistently having abs versus like before with the baby fat that's still there, it'll cover my abs when I'm bulking. So like, I want to be able to lose all that so I can stay relatively lean for the most part throughout the year. <laughs> Joe aesthetics lean all of the year. <laughs> yeah, No. They're like um, Tristan Lee, just like yeah. dice the gills constantly the um, entire year. <laughs> yeah, he was 
going to kill himself with the food he was eating, though. It was ridiculous. Just all protein. Like keto diet 24-7. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's my main goal right now. Um, so it's less about like getting my pro card and stuff because a lot of time guys who get their pro cards aren't ready to compete professionally. They just want to be able to say they're pros. And it's like, yeah, there's that incentive, but like you're going to end up paying for a $500 pro card or whatever it's cost now. And you're not going to compete for a year. So it's just going to go down yeah. the drain, you know? So it's like, what's the point? You know, I'd is rather. An, is there an expiration? Let's say you hit pro. Do you ever lose pro status or can you just keep renewing? Yeah. You just keep renewing each year and you're good. Um, so you just keep, you just keep paying your yearly amount and you can keep your pro card. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there is any, like you can, like if you want it and then just like quit the rest of your life and you're still an IFBB pro, if you keep making that yearly payment, I don't know how that would work. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Like what yeah. if you not, or not even like just not wait, but like, what if you get your pro card and then let's say you pay your dues for 50 years and you're like 70 or 70, 80 years old and then step on stage on IPAP yeah. pro stage just because you kept your membership that long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's possible. Um, let me see if there is even like, um, I'm checking the, um, let me see. Okay. So like really it's here. 35. I'm checking the IFBB to see if there's anything that it says about like keeping it um, renewed or whatever. Like, let's see. Um, yeah, there really isn't like, I don't know. Let me see if I can find out. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, there's nothing really saying yet. I'll look into it. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll see if I can find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is just that, um, you just need to keep paying each year. Um, cause like, I'm just thinking to myself, like, what if like some old fart winds up at some, <laughs> some pro show who hasn't done like any kind of cycle or anything for decades, not years, decades, and just shows up all like saggy and wrinkly and, but he maintained his, his pro cards. So yeah, he... no, that's a good question. It's a good question. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so if you earn IFBB Pro status at a pro qualifier, having one year to apply for such status, failing which the athlete must requalify. So, oh, okay. So um, you have to requalify. You well, yeah, so you have to get it within a year of winning the show. Um, let me see. Yeah, so if you if you win the show, you have to – or you win the pro qualifiers, you win the ability. Like the Junior USA has just happened this weekend. So if you won top two in your class, I believe – you can get your pro card, but you have a year from that show to like pay your dues and get your pro card essentially. But like you can essentially say you're an IFBB pro because you qualified. Yeah. Um, so now you can compete in pro shows, which is IFBB pro. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. It's, it's interesting. Um, it's an interesting format and that's why they, that's why it's like getting watered down too. I've said it before where like top two of each class, that's so many pro cards each show. Well, that's another thing. Like when you said that, that was like over the like that seems like over the top because <laughs> it, it's considering a lot. how many shows there are to actually earn that card in. I mean, it's really not that many shows to earn it. I mean, nationally, there's a decent amount, but it's like, um, it, it's like it just gets watered down because it used to be like overall, like you have to win overall to get your pro card. Yeah. 
And like, that was a huge honor because you like, it's hard to get overall. You have to be the best in the whole division. And like some of these like national qualifiers, like um, the biggest one is down in Tampa. Um, it happens in, I think December of each year. It's the, um, I think it's just the nationals, I think. So like when you went, you're the considered the champion, I think the nationals champion, if you win that show, it's like the most prestigious show. So like all the best amateurs who aren't pros yet will compete there. Um, my coach won the overall a couple of years ago and like, that's a huge deal. So like he was interviewed by like Tate Palumbo and stuff. Like it's a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. I think Nick drinking power might've mentioned it even. So it's like, it's a pretty big show. So like winning overall there is huge, but then you're, you're talking about like 80 something guys. So it's like, damn, one out of like 80 something guys competing. That's pretty prestigious. But then you realize there's like, eight fucking weight or height classes and then two cards each so 16 out of 80 so you have like what like a 20 23 24 percent chance of winning your ifbb pro card at that show if you just show up you know what yeah. i mean so it's like it, it gets watered down because um you don't have to necessarily be the best at that show to uh to win your pro card you know um yeah. and like for this show this recent one, these two guys, one guy was a client of Dom and one guy was a client of somebody else in the Charlotte area. I'm not going to say who the guy who won his pro card second got demolished by the guy who won first in the class. He ended up winning overall the guy who won first in that class. But it's like that goes to that's also kind of why it feels like um, watered down is because a lot of the time you're going to have one guy that just looks much fucking better than second place. And yet second place still gets their IPB pro card. And like, that's what this case was like. The dude was bigger. The dude was leaner. He had much better proportions. He had better posing. And yet they're still on the same playing field because they're both IPB pros now. It's like, this ain't even fucking close, bro. Um, and they were the same height division? Yeah, same height division. Yeah. So I think it was, it might've been six foot and over or something. I don't know what it was. I just know that they're same height division, I think. Um, and because when I saw the videos, they were posing next to each other. Um so I think it was the same class and it was top two class. I'm just like, this is fucking nuts. This is so like, it's unbelievable. Um, the difference in everything. So, um, but yeah, that's just, that's just my opinion on it. I mean, I know everybody has different stances on it. And at the end of the day, it's not about like you talk to anybody, IFB approach, you know, I've talked to a handful and they'll, a lot of them will say like, it's not about being IPB pro at this point. It's about what you do as a pro. Um, yeah because there's so many of them who have it now and just want to put it in their Instagram bios and shit. It's like, are you actually going to compete professionally? Or you just want to say you're an IAPB pro, you know, you just want to say you're a professional bodybuilder, like, are you going to actually compete? You know? So I think there's, thing. I think there's almost another tier within that too, because you go from getting your pro card, being able to brag about it, but then let's say you win a pro show, then there's like sponsorship openings and like, not, yeah. you know, like, small scale sponsorships i'm talking like like the big deal stuff yeah so it's like if you get your your initial pro card you have that and like that's the incentive of being able that's like your claim to fame but then if you actually take it a step further then you're actually looking at you know making some decent money out of it and then if you go even further then it's like the o or or the arnold or something like that so mm -hmm. i think like you're right with how people can just use it for putting it in their Instagram bio. But then if you're dedicated enough, you'll continue to go through those next tiers and building up. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is that like getting your IFBB pro card and then competing professionally are two completely different worlds. 
Um, some people just get the RIPB Pro card as a technicality. Like if you're competing in hmm. like, and there's eight divisions and you're like one of three guys in that division, <laughs> like in that, the, this happens, like this actually fucking happens. There's like, especially like the six foot one and up, there's not many guys in men's physique that will compete in that class. So like if you got like three or four guys competing, like as long as you don't show up as the bottom two or bottom one or whatever, you're getting your pro card. Like that's what's so fucking <laughs> wild. So like sometimes you can just get it off a of technicality. It's like that guy last year at the nationals. Remember that? Like he did not look like he was, he was yeah, you're at telling all. Me about that. Yeah. That was just a technicality. He just, he, I mean, hate the, don't hate the player, hate the game, but it's like, you're, you're getting it. Not, you're not really earning it. You're just getting it, you know? So, um, there are some bodybuilders who've said like, Oh, it's taken me an extra four or five years to get my pro card. But by the time I got my pro card, I was ready to compete professionally. Like I was on that level. Like, that's what my coach was like. He, he got his pro card much later than when he started competing, like a few, four or five years after he started competing, then he got his pro card and like started competing professionally the summer after, like he took a, you know, a couple months off, put on some size. Then he went into prep for those next few shows. Um, he didn't win any shows, but like he was able to compete on a professional stage yeah. and at least hold his own. You know what I mean? So some of these guys who get their pro card aren't even close to competing on a pro stage. So that's going to be interesting as well. So that's why I'm like not necessarily in such a rush to get my pro card, because even if I got my pro card, there's no shot in hell. I'm going to be ready to compete on a professional stage. Like these guys are much bigger than I am. You know, well, we were talking about um, I'm blanking on his name, but when the O came around this past year, uh, there's a guy who just took like a year off or something like that just because he didn't like he, he and his coach didn't like his physique and like there was just too much work to overcome um, and just decided like even though he'd qualified and everything like we're just going to take like a whole big year off and just revamp everything. Well, I know Rick and Grimes was like that in men's open. Um, I'm not sure about men's physique, but like that's what happened when he started with um, Milo Sarkev. Milos was just like, let's just take a year off, put on some size because that's what he was lacking. He's like, let's put on some size and we'll come back to the O the following year. He's got to qualify, I'm pretty sure, for it now. But like he had to take that year off to be ready for the O. Um, at the same time, if you're taking a year off with a coach who tells you to take a year off, you won't have any problem qualifying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's and it really it comes down to like points and shit. And like he's competed on the O stage, so it wouldn't really take too much. And um, that's what a lot of these guys are going for right now, like Corey Morris and men's physique. Uh, ben Quill, Pierre, like a lot of these guys um, are competing to qualify for the Olympia. And then once they qualify, they're done. Um, there's one guy. Oh, man, I'm forgetting his name. It starts with an E who's on the team that I'm on with another coach, not my coach. But um, once he com- qualified for the O, he stopped competing. He's like, all right, let's put on some size. So yeah, like now they're putting I don't some blame size him. and they're going to prep. So it's like once you get the points to qualify for that championship, you know, competition, then, you know, you're good. And, um, it's just, it's also like the Olympia itself is also a different world because well, one, the competition level is like, you have to win multiple pro shows in order to compete there. So you have to be like top of the line, but then like, it's also a huge deal just to qualify for it. So like Corey Morris, the guy who I think is qualified now, he says in his Instagram bio five times Olympian, but he's never won. He's not a Mr. Olympia. <laughs> he's just competed there five times. So like yeah. saying that is enough of like uh, enough of like bragging rights a little bit, you know? So like I mean, that's also going, another ball game. Going to the O once is a, is a flex. Like that I puts mean, you above everybody. 
Yeah, um, it really does. Uh, and there was this one guy. So Rich Piano was telling a story. Uh, this is a while back. He was talking about this guy from a while back, and he was talking about how um, he was in his. This guy was in his forties, and he was just really pushing it and just really putting on a lot of like he was taking tons of drugs and just eating like crazy. And his his doctor was like, "Look, if you compete in this show, he's talking about the Olympia. He said, if you if you compete in the show, you're gonna die." He's like, "There's no coming back." And all this guy ever, all he was ever driving for was just stepping on that stage. That's all he wanted. He didn't need yeah. to win. He just wanted to step on that stage. Um, he stepped on that stage, got dead last. A week later, he died. And he said, sometimes it's just that's all that matters to some people is just stepping on that stage. It's the ability to be able to compete at that level is all people ever want. Like, it's like major any sort of major league sport. Like, okay, here's another example of that. Um, there's a racer in F1. His name is DeVries. He used to race F2, and then he went over to Formula E, which is electric racing. He got to race one race in F1 last year, which he ended up like doing really, really well. And people were talking about how that one race in Formula One probably meant more to him than winning the championship in Formula E because yeah. it's just that much higher tier of racing. So like that's how it is with this. It's like competing in the Olympia is probably so much more of an honor than winning a pro show. You know what I mean? So – the Olympia itself is also a different conversation as well. So I don't know. I mean, as far as um, regionals, I mean, if you ever go to a regional show, you'll see the level of competition. I mean, some people just want to step on a stage and, and just to say they're a bodybuilder. Well, know? that's what's going to happen for me probably like next summer, not this summer by any means, but next summer, just hop on stage just because like yeah. I no longer represent like a coach. So I don't have to worry about like, not it's not even slandering someone's name, but you know, if you're with a coach, you obviously don't go on stage until coach says so because yeah. you represent something. Him. Yeah, you represent right. someone else. And so since I'm no longer affiliated with him, I might as well just next year just to like pull Hamill and like some of the other gym guys just to, you know, me- not even mess around, but like just to have fun with it. Like, yeah, it, exactly. It was like at the not probably not so much at the amateur level, but at the pro level, like you probably tend to know most of the guys on that stage, if not friend, but at least know them. So mm-hmm. like you just get that general camaraderie and banter between you guys. So like, that's why if I just bring some, some guys to a show and just do it, like, why not? You get that like added competition level of just trying to beat your buddies and like, yeah, just do it for fun. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is a lot of fun. Um, stepping on that stage, you get you to like pick your song and shit like that. Like there's a lot of fun. Can you do that at the the amateur level? I'm pretty sure you can. I mean, as far as men's physique goes, I'm not sure because it's so quick. You're on stage for like 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Um, I'm out there for, for classic physique or nothing. Yeah. Classic. Yes. Because you're up there for like 30 seconds to a minute. Um, I think it depends on the show, how long you're up there doing your poses. So you can pick your own song. Um, again, men's physique, I'm not sure, but um yeah you pick a song and they'll play it while you're up there um so which is which is cool i mean it's fun and it is a spectator sport i mean it's like a lot of the regional side of things is powered by the athletes so it's like the people who are showing up to these shows are family friends of the athletes it's not like yeah. it's like it's like high school games you know you're not going to show up to a high school game because you're rooting for Gansett, you know what I mean? You're like, except for that random, that random dude with the black hoodie in the stands who's yeah, just the there. one guy who peaks in high school and just can't live it down, <laughs> you know. But like, besides that, it's mostly friends and family that show up. So it's like the regional side, you got you got the guys who like it's all powered by people who know the athletes and the athletes themselves. Um, but then on the national level and the pro level, that starts becoming a spectator sport. 
um and like the pro level even they're like they're like broadcasting the shows you could like they're like pay-per-view and stuff like that so um there's more that goes into it but regionally no it's it's all the athletes and the family and friends <laughs> and stuff you know how people get hyped when when c-bomb does his little his crowd up thing when he's yeah. like doing about to like lock into a pose doing that like an <laughs> amateur thing and just hearing like your one family member <laughs> going, say one person you hear in the background go like <laughs> just the quietest noise <laughs> and they're just like yeah, Christoph. I'm gonna need you to do that at your show. It's gonna be dead silent. It's literally a and you're be like, Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, it happens. I mean, there's there's times where like I'll go to a show and like for like Chewy, right? And there was like five or six people there for him. So he comes out, like dead silent he comes out, and I'm just like, Chewy! It's like nobody else is saying anything. It's <laughs> it's like you just gotta get hyped up. Um, but like some people it, what's funny at regional shows is that there's some people there who just like hype everybody up. And like, even if they don't know them and like, let's say like somebody you don't know at all, nobody, you know, knows them and you step on stage, start doing your pose. And then somebody's just like, somebody completely random just like, boom, there it is. Like, oh yeah. Hit it. Like, there's always someone like that. There's, it's awesome. It's so funny. Um, and see, and that's, like, that, that's the incentive of going to some like low key amateur show just to yeah. see, just to have that one hype up dude. Like don't even lock into a pose, just like walking out. Like there he is. Boom. Yeah. You're like, thank you. Random, <laughs> random ass person. I appreciate you. You could, you could like go to the, the Cutler classic in Boston and be like, I'm competing in this only so I can meet Jay Cutler. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. He, um, at his shows, he shows up. Um, I've, I've seen him in person. I haven't met him, but, um, I've seen him in person at his Shit, Boston's Boston. down the road for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that far. Um, so That's I went to amateur one show. Yeah. It's amateur. Um, Cutler classic. The closest one to me, I think is Richmond, Virginia. Um, but closest to, you know, where I lived and where you live is uh Boston. Um, so there's that too. There's that incentive. You get to meet the guy who runs the fucking show. Um, <laughs> And he but, meets yeah. all the athletes that, that perform? I don't see why not. Um, I'm pretty sure he Shit. does like a movie kind it. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when it is. I remember it being cold. Um, yeah. When's the uh, size or the, uh, the Cutler Let me classic. look it up. So NPC J Cutler Classic. Let me see. Um, I don't know. Oh, Lynn. There's one in. Okay. So it's Lynn. It's not technically Boston. It's Lynn. Um, the next one for the yeah, classic Lynn is, is Boston. So, yeah. It's basically Boston, technically not Boston, but it's, it's Boston, um, four So it's April of next year. Um, the end of April is the, is the next one. So, um, it's an, I think it's an, is it a national qualifier? No way. Yeah. It's a national qualifier. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's a national qualifier. So, um, it's open masters, novice and teen, um, for bodybuilding, classic, fitness, figure, bikini, men's and women's physique and wellness. So you could do classic, um, novice or something like that. Um, you could be like, I'm a teenager. I'm 19. <laughs> but yeah, it's me. funny when you, when you see the teenagers show up too, like the teenage class, it's like, whoa, okay. It's like a child up there. <laughs> but at the same time, there's some huge young people like oh, I, yeah. there, there's an influencer that recently switched my gym and so i i see him a lot i talk to him and like he he posts these um i don't even i don't even know what he calls them but he just talks to people in the gym and it's like it's a mini series oh, oh he does. yeah i've i think i've um, seen him i yeah okay his I name is ken that. ken stoppo on on instagram um 
but uh he just does this series where he talks to people and he's talking to this one dude and i've seen this dude in the gym and he's like a big dude and he goes so what does it feel like to be you know 18 19 in the gym and i'm like excuse me <laughs> how old did you just say he was <laughs> i don't like that take that back that makes me feel like shit yeah. um what's his what's his instagram uh it's ken it something it's uh let me i'm looking it up right now it. i remember seeing it i i do remember oh oh here it is ken s-t-a-p-o yeah yeah 2000 followers i i remember him doing i remember seeing him interviewing someone i know um yeah he just does these like random interviews in the gym natural fitness like- enthusiast yeah my ass natural <laughs> my fucking ass um yeah he yeah here's here's one right here chatting up the bro is part two a 19 year old okay menace. that's it okay right there. yeah i mean dude's got some size for 19 that's for sure um yeah it's all the the problem with teen bodybuilders is that it's superficial so it's like they stop lifting for a month it all fucking goes away um yeah that's the only problem it's not dense muscle and you could you could you could see it too like it, it's a different look um like dense adult muscle ver- like you could have if you had like a 19 year old look the exact same like take them 10 years apart 19 versus 29 same weight same everything he's going to look better at 29 than at 19 just because the muscle is built differently it's built denser so yeah um yeah it's you gotta you gotta keep that in mind um but yeah that's interesting um yeah there is there is team competitors um and team div- team divisions and there's usually like like at this regional show I'm going to, I think last year there was like one team competitor in total. So he like do do? technically won. I mean, he technically won. I mean, he, oh, okay. <laughs> he's the only team competitor in team. Well, I, I didn't so, know if he, he stepped up into a different division too. No, I think he, Um, I mean, he might have. I can't quite remember. I do remember, I think it was one team that stepped up there, but I don't remember if he competed in another division or not, like in a open or something like that. But um. Yeah, it's a different it's a different look. They're usually a lot softer um, and a lot smaller, just because their body's not matured yet, so they can't put on the size and all of that. But um, yeah, so it's 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 the regional show competition is interesting. You see all different walks of life, so it's kind of cool. Um, it, it kind of it kind of re- revamps like your love for the sport because it's like. Anybody can really do it as long as you put your mind into it. And um, it also like reminds you that like, like it reminds me that I'm comparing myself to like the top 1% of the top 1%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm comparing myself to the best of the best and I need to stop doing that. You know, I need to just compare myself to myself and just be the best that I can be. Um, that's what this regional competition like level I mean, will do. At the same time too, like probably I'd say 90% of like, consistent gym goers could probably step on a stage just to, you know, experience that. Yeah. I mean, if you got, as long as you're consistent and like dieting and everything, like you should be able to do something. Yeah. I mean, if you just show up with like a six pack and like a bicep vein, like you're going to be better than like half the competitors at a regional show. You know, it's just, it's just the level that, that people compete at. Um, Granted, if you're going to compete in like, men's classic it might be a little bit different than like men's open like men's open you see like um a lot softer and a lot more fat on the competitors um and then men's physique you're gonna either see like it what's funny is that you so when it comes to regional shows is that in each class there's a clear winner it's like okay clearly he's the fucking winner and then everybody else competing second that's what happened every single show i've been to i've been to like four or five regionals that's what they're all like um 
you see the competitor and you're like, okay, that guy's clearly fucking first for this class because they go by class. They go, okay, we're going to do class F men's physique. And you stand in the corner and they call you out and then you go back, whatever. And then you do like prejudging and shit. We're all next to each other. And it's like, okay, there's a clear winner here. Um, yeah. But when it comes to like men's physique, you'll see one of two things. You'll see one, either there's a guy just, just does not have much definition at all. Like all like way, came in way too watery, came in way too fat. It's just not definition at all. But then you got the other side where there's guys who come in way too fucking big. Like, bro, you should not be competing in men's <laughs> physique. Like that, the last region I went to, I was like, there's like a fucking like gorilla up there. It was like John Cena threw on board shorts and was just like, yeah, I'm going to do men's physique. It's like, dude, you're just way bigger than everybody competing. Here. Someone like, who should not. be in like open. Yeah. Like open or even like classic, at least it's like, it's, it doesn't make any sense because they're like, Oh, let me be the biggest guy up there. And what made <sighs> me happy was that at the original show, they put him last. And it's like, okay, thank you, because he does not have the men's physique look. Like he was spilling out of his fucking board shorts because he just had so much obliques that it just yeah. it, he did not have an aesthetic look as far as men's physique goes. Um, so like it, it was just interesting to see that. So you got you have both sides of the spectrum when you're competing in um, regional men's physique. Um, and then national, um, obviously you're gonna have like more of like like typically you'll you'll know who the first call, call out is. And then, so call outs for th those that don't know, um, if there's enough competitors in a class to do multiple call outs, what that means is if they call you out, so like you'll have like everybody line up in the corners, right? So they say corner stage. That's what they say. You say line up in corner stage, uh, men's physique class D. So all the class D guys come from backstage, line up in the corners. You stand in like a relaxed position, um, which is kind of like your front pose. Because <laughs> everybody... <laughs> Lack yeah, you're still, you're still kind of flexing. <laughs> you still want to look good in front of the judges. You don't want to be relaxed. But you're not really like the center of the of attention, so you don't really need to like make sure you're nailing it. Um, so whoever they call out first, usually it's like eight competitors, maybe seven, um, even less sometimes depending on the show. Um, they'll call out those seven or eight guys, and that's what's called first call out. And typically, let's say they call out eight guys. That means those guys are top eight. So yeah. like they're all competing for first. If you're second call out, the best you're going to get is ninth because you're not in the first call out. So you want to be in the first call out at least. And then from there, it goes whoever's closest to the middle is usually either first or second. Because if it's eight, you're going to have two guys in the middle. So like the two guys in the middle are usually first and second. Um, if there's seven, usually guy in the middle is first because they're kind of comparing everybody else to you. So you want to be in the first call out in the middle is what's ideal when it comes to prejudging. Um, and then finals, you have like your moment on stage where you do your own posing routine, you have your transitions and stuff. So um, that's what I mean by call out. So when it comes to national, you'll kind of know who's going to be first call out. Typically, you'll kind of see the, the, the level of competition kind of slowly deteriorating. And then second, third and fourth call out, depending on how many competitors there are, you're just going to see worse and worse and worse physiques. Um, but these guys also qualified for national. So like, yeah, the, the, it's the not like they're chums. No, 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 absolutely not. Because like the Cutler Classic, I'm pretty sure you have to, the, as a national qualifier, I think you have to win overall to qualify for a national show. So you have to win a qual, you have to win overall at a show, at a regional show that has a national qualifier badge in order to yeah. compete at a national level. So, um, so it's not like you're going to be showing up to a national show and look terrible. That's why that guy went viral from last year's championships or whatever in florida is because he just won out of a technicality he doesn't look like a competitor really at all so um it's something to you know keep in mind is that these guys have all won overalls at shows you know so um yeah it's it's 
it's a different level of competition. Um, and then regionally, there's typically not that many, um, not that many uh, call outs really. There's usually just like one or two, um, but also depends on the division and stuff like that. There's more competitors in like classic, like I'm trying to remember. There wasn't as many competitors last time I went to the Victory Classic last year. I think there was more competitors in classic and open than there were in men's physique. I'm pretty sure. Um, so like this show, the Victory Classic is and I just looked it up it is a national qualifier so if I won overall which is my goal it's not just winning my class I'm aiming to win the overall if I win the overall I can technically compete at a um a national level yeah national yeah so um that would be interesting so I mean it's possible that my coach is like hey I'm gonna try to get you I mean I don't know I'm gonna talk to him more hopefully him and I'll have a phone call soon to see what the plan is but my what I'm hoping is that we're at a place now where I can come in maybe 90%. So like, here's another thing for those that don't know, there's a lot of nuance when it comes to talking about bodybuilding. And that's kind of what our podcast is about um, is some of this nuance. And one of the nuances is percentages. So when you say like, I'm showing up 90%, you're saying 90% of your potential, like a hundred percent is like you came in peeled. You came in as big as you can. You came in as perfect as you possibly can with your physique. That's a hundred percent. 90% is you came in 90% to that. You might have a little bit of water, you know, might not be as big as you could be, maybe a little bit flat, something like that. That's what like 90% is. 80% is like, okay, your obliques are kind of fucking washed out. You know, you're, you don't really got much vascularity right now. Um, you're kind of holding on to some water. Your posing is a little off. And then anything below that is like you're getting demolished. So what I'm hoping is I could be at a place where I'm showing up 90 to 95% um, when the overall and use that show as prep for a national show. That's yep. what I'm hoping. Um, because we've been prepping, not really prepping, but like we've been working towards this show for two and a half fucking years on anabolics, allegedly for over two years now. So it's like, I should have competed a long time ago, but we've put in the time to be like, okay, yeah, you're you're dialed in. Like we're ready. Like we're fucking ready to hit this. And what I'm hoping is that either we use this for national quali- or national show or we use this as prep for another show which then we use that show for the prep for the national. So like what you could do is like I could hit this show eight weeks from then hit another show. And then a week later hit a national show, you know, um, that's what some people do. So that way they can get 90% for one show. So they can be super lean. It, it gives them a deadline, super lean for that show, ideally win it or something. And then they're already super lean, have like, you know, one meal that's kind of off plan and then do a water cut again and lose some excess fat while holding on to muscle and then do your national. So, um, it's, it will, will, I'll find out what the plan is. I don't know if I'm going to win overall. I might not, it's possible, but if I do, I'm hoping that I can do a national show. That's my goal, which in yeah. that case would probably be like maybe end of July, maybe, I don't know, but we'll see. And that just allows for a lot cleaner of a segue too, because if you, you know, can go right from one event to your, to your, you know, national event right away you're able to not really miss a beat whereas if you like let's say you qualify on your national show is like months away or maybe even like half a year away like that that just is such a different mindset of having to maintain or go into another bulk cut and then figure something out in the meantime yeah so like what's good about doing it this way is that you can show up to the show and be like okay what did we not get right even though we won What is it that we can improve upon and then work on that over the next however many weeks until your next show is. Um, so that's why these regional shows are used as 
like prep for a national show. And like my coach, when he had the victory classic, he competed in classic physique and he competed in men physique. And what they planned was him and his coach Dom, what they planned was we're going to base what you compete in for your national show off of how you place in the regionals in each division. So he fucking swept the floor in men's physique, just demolished. But classic, he ended up getting second overall. So they're like, all right, let's do men's physique. You know, he does, I think he wants to be a classic competitor eventually, but they're like, let's do men's physique because we know that you're really good in men's physique. And that's yeah. kind of where I'm at with my coach. He's like, I want to, ideally, I would love to do classic. Believe me, I would love to do classic. But if he's like, let's do men's physique for the next couple of years, put on some size. And then when we want to switch to classic, we'll take like two years off or something, put on some massive size, and then we'll get into classic, get your pro card in classic, and then start competing professionally from there. Um, so like that, if he says we're going to do men's physique first, that's okay by me. Um, so like, that's another thing too, is that you also find out where your competition lies, where your physique lies, you know, who you're going to be standing up against as far as how you look. So it's, that's another thing to consider too, is you don't even know where you're going to compete. And that's what I mean too, with like, especially on the, the pro side of things, you start to know the people and you start to know like what you have to compete against. Yeah. So that's, it's a lot you know, I wouldn't say easier, but it's a lot, you know, less tedious on the mind to be overthinking who you're going to be competing when you know who you're going to be competing. You can just be like, all right, this is who we got to beat. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time too, there's also like some kind of like background manipulation and shit that goes on too. Um, because it's like, like for me, I post pretty frequent, like in quotations, physique updates to my stories and stuff. But like when you're competing at a pro level, they don't post that that much. They don't necessarily want people knowing how they look. Um, that's why it's huge when like big Rami like will post like three weeks out and he'll post like a training video with a hoodie on and people are trying to speculate what he looks like <laughs> because they don't post physique updates. They don't want anybody knowing how they're going to show up, you know? So yeah. there's also that nuance to it too, where it's like, I don't really want to give away how I'm going to look. It's not like a sport where it's about performance the day of. It's like you're building up to this point and trying to be the best you can like the day of it's almost like imagine like you imagine like you're doing skirmishes for baseball or something every single day and you're posting those skirmishes they can kind of get an idea of how you're going to play in the game roughly you know not maybe to a t but like okay they they have this strategy this is how they play <laughs> he's got a t yeah uh, pun not intended uh, um you know he's he's clearly their um you know designated batter whatever it is like so like they can come up with like okay this is roughly how they're going to show up that's kind of what these bodybuilding competitions are like. It's like when you post photos, it's like, okay, if he says he's two weeks out, like we know he's competing in this show. So if he's two weeks out with this physique update, holy shit. And that's what happens with Big Rami is that he's like, look at how I look four weeks out. I look fucking insane. But then he shows up washed out and looks like shit. Yep. It's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so like, that's why people can't stand his physique updates because he always, he always looks better in his physique updates than he does on stage so a lot of that also is you know photo editing i mean like the you saw the yeah absolutely. the ones i sent you this past week i just took some old shots of mine and did some editing on it and they look fucking nuts yeah so i mean i do slight editing to mine mainly turning down the exposure and turning up the sharpness a little bit because iphone cameras naturally smooth you out uh which is fucking annoying i hate it and they're also way overexposed most of the time. Um, so I, I turn that down, turn up the sharpening a little bit and just post that. Um, that's typically what my my updates look like. But it's like my competition that I know is competing in that show. I see their updates and I'm like, okay, I think I got this over them or they got this over me. Like whatever. Like I can be like, okay, I got to accentuate this because they don't have this. I'm like, they don't have 
I don't know, let's say like like a midsection or something. I'm like, all right, they don't really got a midsection. Let's beat them there. Yeah, like so like let me accentuate that because they don't have that. So they're gonna have to hide that where I can accentuate it. And like that's my chest too. Like I got a decent chest. So it's like, okay, let me accentuate my chest because they don't have a chest. They got me in back. So I'll try my best to, you know, look better in back. But like the front pose, I fucking got them. There's no yeah. there's like, you know what I mean? So like that's that's what you got to keep in mind too. Like this is a competition. It's like, I'm going to have fun. Don't get me wrong. Like I love this and I love, it's going to be healthy competition. The guys that I know competing, it's going to be healthy. We're not going to be talking shit. Like it's going to be fun, but also like I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm going to fucking beat you. Like that's the, like, like that's like, I'm not trying to be like, a dick. yeah. Like it's like, there's a lot of dicks in men's physique, which sucks. Um, especially at the top level, like the Olympia level. Um, I feel that Aaron Banks is kind of a dick in the, some of the stuff that he says. Like he posted a physique update like a few weeks ago and he was like, I'm always in the heads. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like people mm-hmm. forgot about you already. Like it, the Arnold was like two months ago. No one gives a shit anymore. Like it's yeah. like, it's just stupid shit like that. But it's like, if you go into the show, like, like that's why I've said in the past, like I'm going to the show at Victory Classic. Like I'm getting first, everybody else competing second. That's the mindset yeah. I'm going in. And I'm going to crush it as best that I possibly can because, again, this is a competition and it's not a team sport. We're not working together here. It's me versus you, you know? So that's how I'm going in. It's like, yeah, like, great. Like, I really hope you do good, dude, but I hope I fucking beat you. That's what I want. Yeah. You know? And that's just I mean, that's that's the that's just how across all sports when you have friends who are competitors on other teams like yeah you'll have that moment where you'll go say hi and you have like a good moment with the person pre-game or pre-show or something like that and then once it's game time it's like i'm gonna kick your face in like yeah exactly and so like there is that camaraderie but there's also that competition too and um like the guys who compete who the guys who've been winning the pro shows recently is like uh is cory morris and ben Coulpierre um chris barr has been getting up there too and they'll be on like instagram lives together and talk about different physiques and who came in better stuff like that so like there is that camaraderie there but like at the end of the day when you're stepping on stage you are trying to beat them like i'm trying to like i want to fucking wipe the floor with you is what i want like i don't want i want to step on stage at the victory class and be like oh he's got fucking overall like that's not even close like they're all competing for second now like who's gonna get second like that's what i want you know, so that's the mindset I'm going into with my training, with my prep is like, like Florida is like, if I eat this meal, my competition didn't. So they're going to show up better than I did. So like, that's how I got to think about it. Um, so that's also another driver for me too, is like, if I like today, like I woke up early, um, well, not early, like the same time as usual, actually. And I was like, man, I just don't want to go to the gym. I just don't want to train. I don't want to do cardio. Uh, it's early, you know, my energy is so low cause it's the morning. Usually I lift in like five, 6 PM. So like yeah. my energy is low, but I'm like, fuck, I'm just going to do it anyways. And like, I went and lifted anyways, because if I didn't, my competition did, you know what I mean? It's like, that's just how it goes. And like, like my, if I don't work out to the intensity that I do or to a high intensity, other people will, and they'll beat me, you know? So like, that's why I always go into the gym being like, no one's going to outwork me. And I leave the gym knowing nobody outworked me. So that's just, that's just how you got to do it. Like that's just, it's, you're going to get to practice for a sport. Like I'm trying to be the best player. Like I'm going to work the hardest here. Um, Kobe Brown was known for that. That's why he had the reputation he did was because he was the hardest worker out of pretty much every single player in the league. So it's like, he, a, uh, he showed up knowing that. There's an old story from him from when he was back in the league <clears throat> and 
they uh it was some rookie who got drafted to to a team to the Lakers and uh I think I remember he, this. He he texted or basically was like new to the team and wanted to go out and Kobe was like, Sure, we can go out, but if we go out tonight, you gotta come, you know, train with me tomorrow. And uh they so he was thinking to himself, Oh, this this is great. I get to go have fun and then I get to go be like in the gym with, with Kobe Bryant tomorrow. And so they go out and they stay out to like two, three in the morning. And he gets a call from Kobe at four in the morning and says, <laughs> yo, it's time to go to the gym. And then the, he was in there for, I want to say the majority of the next day, just working, grinding. And the other dude is dead, but somehow Kobe, like, and Kobe went out and like partied the whole night with him and yeah. just was that motivated and that disciplined and just, crushed the entire next day of workouts and that's that mindset doesn't come around easy and that's why people say like mamba mentality because he just defined what it meant to have that so to bring that into like a bodybuilding show like yeah you're gonna go have your fun but now it's time to play or now it's time to work and you just crush it regardless of how you feel yeah yeah that's kind of that's what i'm trying to do right now and it's i've had people in the gym recently come up to me like are you cutting right now they're like, I could tell you look lean. And I'm like, yeah, I'm cutting right now. You know, this is before the show was picked. And I was like, yeah, I was like, we're, we're probably at this point, like within 10 weeks, I'm not sure when, um, but I'm just in the mindset of just trying to lose fat. So I'm putting in the time to like, yeah, you show up before me and leave after me. Like <laughs> you're here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm here for like two hours, roughly every day. Um, give or take. I mean, usually it's like an hour and 45 roughly, but um, between training hard and then doing cardio after um, I'm there for a while. But like that, there's a story with Kobe as well, where like there's a new player on the team and he, um, he showed up to the gym, the, the court and, um, Kobe was already there shooting, yep. um, practicing. And, uh, he talked about, it was, it was a quick snippet, but he was talking about how he was there and he was like, all right, well, I got to train against Kobe now. He's like, so I'm going to, I'm going to be here for a while. So he was there training like two, three hours and he was done. He was like, dude, I'm done. So he, afterwards he was done, he went up to Kobe and he was like, dude, why are you still training? Like you were here before me and I'm already done. And he's like, because you're new to the team and I need you to know. No, no, it was, an, it was a, somebody else on the other team. Never mind. It was somebody else on the other team. And he said, um, so they were playing home. I think Kobe was playing home and he said, I saw you come in and he said, so I needed you to know what you're up against. And he's like, so I'm going to outwork you. And he's like, so I made sure that I was out shooting you and outshot you for longer yeah he did <laughs> so he like it was just like that that's kind of how it goes and like i've talked about bodybuilding a lot of bodybuilding is genetics people don't realize that um to be able to have the genetics compete um even to win an overall regional you have to have good genetics at least good enough to be able to win that um so i'm very blessed in that sense so you have to have those genetics most guys don't have those genetics and then on top of that to compete professionally you have to have really really good genetics like best of the best genetics um, so there's genetics and there's a talent to it, talent in posing, especially, um, there, the, when it comes to posing, I've always said this, it either clicks or it doesn't posing either makes sense or it doesn't make sense. Um, for me, it makes sense for others. It doesn't make sense. Um, I've seen guys who've done numerous sessions posing with a coach and numerous seminars and all these different, you know, posing videos and stuff that they've watched and they, they just don't get it. It just doesn't click. But like, for me, I never once before I even like started dialing in my pose, I never posed with a coach. I never watched any videos. I literally just looked at photos and was like, Oh, so that's what he's doing. And then I just did it the same way and I got it dialed in. So like, it makes sense to some people. There's a talent when it comes to that, but 
overall when it comes to winning shows, as long as you have good enough genetics and good enough posing, what comes in from there, which is the majority of it, is the hard work that goes into it. It's the food, it's the training, it's the sleep, it's the prioritizing it. That's what goes into it. Um, obviously, you can have a good balance with your life, but you need to be able to put in the work to make it happen. And that's why I'm saying, like I posted in my stories today, I was like, it's not just this prep that's going into the show. It's the past two and a half years of hard work that's going into it. It's the two and a half years plus the prep uh, going into the show. And the mindset that I've been ready for a show since fucking you know, two years ago, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's, that's what's going into the show. It's not just this prep. So it's Which all this time too. Like I, not, not, enough, not enough people realize like, and it wasn't like when Paul says two and a half years, that isn't like in the gym, two and a half years. That's with a coach, two and a half years. We're looking at like five, six years in the yeah. gym and two and a half of those are just literally just getting ready for this. Yeah. I was with my coach for about two and a half years. October, 2020 is when I started with my coach. I was with a previous coach for a while, not really aiming for a show. It was more of like a lifestyle kind of thing. Um, so I was in the gym, I think for about three or four years prior to actually starting with my coach now. And that was two and a half years ago, October, 2020. So two and a half, a little over two and a half years. Um, by the time I step on stage, it's going to be closer to three years than, than two years. So, um, it's all of this hard work, like countless, countless hours going into the gym. I mean, well over a thousand hours into the gym um, over those two years, and uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, I'm I'm there for an hour and a half to two hours a day. So if you figure, you know, three hundred days a year or something like that, you know, times one and a half to two, and then two years, you know, w well over a thousand, maybe closer to fifteen hundred hours. And then all the time I spent eating the food I didn't want to eat and buying all that food and yeah. learning more information and you know, working with my coach and tweaking the plan and going through adversity. Like there are a lot of setbacks that I hit. Um, you know, there's times where I wasn't making progress, times I plateaued, times I had to hit keto because my cholesterol was bad or times I had to figure out, run blood tests because I didn't know what the fuck was going on with holding on the fat. Like it was just, there's so much that goes into it beyond just training and eating, going to the show. That's why I'm kind of going into it like I need to win overall just for the just for the affirmation that all of the work that I've done has been worth it. Like I'll be pissed if I don't even win first in class. If I win first in class, I'll be like, what the fuck is the point? Like if yeah. I'm at a regional show and I'm not even winning in my class, what the fuck am I doing? Like I'm, I spent two and a half years. I mean, not that this is going to happen, but if it did, I'd be like, I'm, I spent two and a half years and then all the years training on top of that, you know, learning the foundation for training just to not even win first in my class in a fucking regional show that I should have swept the fucking floor with. Like what is going on? Like what, yeah. like, is it me? Like what's like, am I not meant for this? So like, this is why I need to just come in as good as possible for the show because it needs to make up for all the work that I put in. Um, otherwise it's just not going to be worth it. Cause you know, killing yourself for that. I'm not really killing yourself, but like putting in all that work and all that time and sacrificing like the amount of arguments I've had with people, the amount of fights and, like sacrificing literal relationships in the past because of it. It's like, I need this affirmation. I need this to happen for me just to be like, okay, I can compete. I can do this. You know, this, I'm good enough, you know? So like, that's why winning my class is the minimum I'm having in my head. And then winning overall is really what I think I, I need. But, and that's kind of like what, um, <clears throat> what, Seabum's famous for talking about when he was in college, how he sacrificed, you know, literally your college experience to, to just do what he was yeah. doing now. Like if he didn't yeah. do it then, 
he wouldn't be doing what he's doing now. And that's why you have to sacrifice the temporary for the permanent, like, or mm. not even the temporary permanent, but the short term for the long term, because yeah. you're providing yourself access to a life that isn't possible should you do what you want to do now. Yeah. So it, it's all about sacrifice, and that's where discipline comes in. We've talked about motivation versus discipline before, but discipline is just knowing you have to do it. Like motivation yeah. comes and goes, but discipline, you know, you have to do it. Most so, of the time I'm not motivated, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Very seldom am I ever motivated to, to hit the gym or do cardio or whatever. Um, there are times that I am motivated, um, but just some days it's just fucking not happening. I'm just, I have to go because I need to go. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's, I, I feel that 100%. I mean, I never really got like a college experience because I did online schooling. So I skipped that entirely. So I don't, I didn't really necessarily lose out on that because of bodybuilding, but like, I mean, there's a lot of times where I've missed out on, you know, drinking with my family or hanging out or eating this, eating that because I needed to prioritize bodybuilding. You know, I need yep. to do this or that. And the amount of hours that I've like my evenings are work, eat, go to the gym. By the time I come home, I have like an hour maybe to relax and then it's bedtime. Like, yes, those are my nights, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's, there's, there's nothing. And then I have to sleep because you need it at eight hours while you're in prep. So it's like, there's it, you need to sacrifice a lot of your time for this. Granted, once I'm done prep and back to a bulk, I'll, we'll cut out cardio and that takes up a lot of time. So like I'll spend less time in the gym overall, but, um, it sucks. It's hard. It's hard. And there's times where you put in all this effort and you feel like you're just not making any progress. And like, there's times where like, like before I did keto or middle of keto last year, which was like middle of December, like barely could have anything on thanksgiving i think um I can't, no i had thanksgiving i think but christmas time i couldn't have any carbs i had to eat protein and like it was so hard because i was with my family up north and i'm just like man i just this like we're like middle of december like towards the end of december i'm like man i just there's we got to do something like i'm like yeah. i can't keep doing this i'm like i'm killing myself i'm starving all the time like i i feel like i have like shit sleep and for what? Like, we really haven't lost any fat. So then that's when he was like, all right, let's get some blood work done. Let's just see what it is. Let's see if we could figure it out. And then we ended up finding out it was because of my, um, my fucking, what's it called? Uh, that's why I take cabergoline. It's for my, um, um, let me look it up. Why am I drawing a blank on it? Prolactin. It's my prolactin. We found out it was my prolactin taking cabergoline to fix that entire issue. So it's like, there's times where you can put all the effort in and you don't get any results. So like that sucks and you got to stay disciplined because it will come back. You will figure yeah. it out and it'll come back. Um, and there it's like, it, it, same with shows. I mean, I haven't experienced this yet, but it's like you put in all the effort in a prep and destroying your body and all the time in cardio and all the time in the gym and the lack of food and stuff like that, just to get 14th, you know, it's like, that sucks. You know, so like there's, there's a whole mental game involved and not just the physical, um, and just keep going, keep pushing it. So that's like mentally, I need to stay tough for the show coming up. Um, I'll see if, if the show coming up doesn't work out the way that you have it planned, I'm just going to play back the audio that you just, that <laughs> you just went on talking bro. about and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'll just be like, dude, Paul, if you lose this show, what the fuck? <laughs> what go are you listen, doing go listen to episode 36 that that's what you have to do yeah if you, if episode 36 a little over an hour in <laughs> listen from there 
Um, no, comes but, back and then just immediately qualifies for the O. No. <laughs> just like like regional national pro O, like all back to back. Um, all within a month. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, just bing, 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 bing. And then you're like, all right, let's get ready for the O. No, that would be so satisfying though if I did win overall at the show and I could listen back to this and be like, yeah, I, was, nah, I knew what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great. But um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the goal. I mean, if I do win overall, then I mean, the plan, like I said, my coach said, you know, especially if his other client is in a different class, he basically says that both of us will end up in the overall competition. Um, Hopefully, if him and I are in the same class, I'll still end up in the overall competition. So overall is going to be first. So for those that don't know, there's a little nuance there. Overall is the first of each class. So if there's four classes for height, you do all four of them against each other um, at the end. And that whoever wins that is the overall for the day. It's the Which you means you have the, you have the potential to see that Brian Shaw comparison, you know what I'm talking about when it's giant yeah. versus the, the yeah, you know. that's literally what happens. You got these dudes like six, two fucking massive next to like five, <laughs> five, four, like a lot less size, but that was cool about Chewy winning happens, was he was a lot shorter next to Nick. <laughs> Dude. I know that's literally how it was. Like he was competing against like these gigantic dudes and he ended up winning overall, which is kind of dope. Like he deserved yeah. it anyways. Like he deserved it with his, with being how Lena was and, his aesthetics and physique overall, but like, that's what happens. You got these guys who are tall as shit sometimes up against these, you know, these guys who are a lot shorter, but at the end of the day, it's, you take each person individually and it's like, how do they look against each other, regardless of height, just their overall physique. If you made them all the same size, made them all the same height, like how do they look as an overall package who wins? And that's what the overall is about. Um, and the height classes will change, you know, they'll vary whoever the overall winner is. Um, so that's my goal is overall. And then the, whoever wins overall is qualified for a national show. Um, so that's what I'm hoping could happen um, is winning that overall. And, and I think, like I said, it'll also give me the affirmation that I need. It'll show my family to show my wife, like what all of this has been worth, you know, yeah. what all of this heart, you know, this, you know, these, everything that we've been through her and I, and like everything I've been through mentally, everything she's been through, like it'll start to make more sense. And then if we can get to the national stage, my goal from there is top two in my class. I don't think if I were to keep compete nationally, I don't think I'd win overall. That's just a reality. I'm just not there yet. I need a lot more size. But um, I think that if we do step on a national stage, my goal is top two class so I can get IFBB Pro. That's my goal. And I'm hoping that would happen this year or next year. Gets the text, don't come home if you don't win overall. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. <laughs> Looks like I'm winning now because I don't got anywhere else to sleep. <laughs> So immediately goes to the other competitors and goes, Hey guys, if you, you got to let me win, like just fuck up on your posing. Cause like I got nowhere to go. <laughs> Listen, I'll give you the overall after I just needed to look like I won <laughs> Yeah, for the picture. <laughs> yeah. Let me just take the overall picture. Let me hold the fucking ax. or whatever the hell it is that they're given for the winner. And I'll send that to my wife so I can go home and see from a bed. <laughs> so I can go home. Like, I just want to go home, dude. I want to be homeless. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. But yeah, no, that's, that's, that's how it is. I'm going into it. It's like, I need to show like what it's all been worth, you know, what I've been building up towards. Um, I need to, I need that affirmation. So that's what and I mean, to. while having that mindset is good. I mean, and of course, Ronnie is an absolute outlier in the literal sense of the word, but Ronnie didn't even qualify for his first O until 30 something. So yeah, like while you can, while having that mindset of, of it all being worth it leading up to this is good. You also have to keep in mind that even if it doesn't work out, 
there's so much more like lifespan left your in your career that you can just go and decimate another show. Yeah, if if we show up to the show and I don't win overall, I, ideally I want to place at least overall. I want to I want to compete in overall. That's my goal. Is at least class. I really want to win overall, and I think I can. But the minimum I want is to compete in overall. And if we don't win overall, we can go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, what did we not come in ideal to? And then like a couple months later, after the show, we can compete in another show and just fix what we had wrong. And then we can qualify for a national show from there. You know, so it's not like it's not the end of the road if I don't win the show coming up, but I want to go into it knowing that I have all this time put into it. So like there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to win. And yeah. really the the biggest thing I need to do right now is just lose my lower belly fat and just get my transitions from posing down. And then from there, I, sh- I, I think I should be dialed in for the most part. Um, but again, time will tell. I mean, who knows? I mean, we might be pushing myself, m- might be pushing me too hard and it might end up re- like, like an elastic band just snapping back, you know, four days out. And all of a sudden I'm just not responding to anything. And I just come in flat and fucking full of water, even though I cut it all, you know, like it just, Big you never Rami know what who? can happen. What's that? Big Rami who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um just pull a rami that's all i gotta that's all that could happen is i could just pull a rami randomly <laughs> post the absolute most diced photos you can find like a day before and then just absolutely flop at the <laughs> at the show what i've thought about in the past i've told my coach this i'm like dude you should find like a six-year-old photo and be like two weeks out <laughs> just like look like absolute shit and just be like i'm almost ready i'm almost dialed in and it's like dude do you even hit the gym like <laughs> um i think that'd be funny but um, that's also like when people actually care. I think it's like yeah. if you're competing at the pro level, I think that'd be funny. Like you pull this like a story and it's like I was going like, to say if, if like six years ago. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like if we posted something like on our socials, the only ones we're going to know are you and I like and yeah. maybe like a handful of others. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, I think that'd be funny. But yeah, it's um, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready, though. I'm definitely ready to compete. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm just, I'm so excited to finally step on stage and finally do it. And it's just, it's just, um, now at this point, it's just bringing it all together. It's everything yep. I've learned from the past and just really bringing it together and just presenting what I know. Um, granted, like I said, I still need to learn my transitions, which really isn't hard. Posing for me does make sense. So it's not a lot um, going into it to learn my transitions. I just need to get the, the work in. Um, but besides that, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just presenting it. Um I feel like I've worked on my weaknesses for the past two years. I've I've built up my chest because when I started with my coach, that was my weakness. I built up my chest to a good place and I'm building up my arms to a much better place and they've gotten a lot more size. My back is there. Um, I'm, I'm, my abs are way more coming in now. They're symmetrical. I'm keeping them I'm keeping them large. You know, My legs are at least going to fill out the board shorts. That's my goal. They, they don't judge legs. So you don't need to come in with your legs dialed in, but build, filling out the board shorts to have, you know, and a look, a proportionate look, um, is the goal for me. Um, and then coming in, just like, just presenting that. And I think that's really, um, what I'm just focusing on is just like, everything is just leading up to this point and I just need to fucking knock it out of the park. And like I said, if we don't hit it to a T and I don't win, it's okay. If I don't place first in my class, the fuck am I doing? (laughs) But, um, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I, I've pos- I've talked about this before. I, I I'm not a bodybuilder. I, I don't train to become a bodybuilder. I'm a bodybuilder because I love to train, you know, and that's where it all stemmed from. I just loved lifting. I love training. Um, the food aspect I could do without, but 
training and posing is what I love. And because of that, I'm a bodybuilder um, and not the other way around. Some people become bodybuilders because they want to be one. And because of that, they have to train and they have to pose and they don't necessarily love it. Um, uh, who was it that Ronnie was talking about? Um, who is the guy that Ronnie, wait, um, I don't know if you remember the guy Ronnie said, like could really actually beat him. He's like, he thought that he always had a better physique. Um, Oh, um, why am I drawing a blank? I could say it any other time. I always forget, but he was that example. He was in martial arts first and he was approached by someone said, you could be huge in bodybuilding. I think you should be a bodybuilder. So he started training like one and he hated training, but he kept training like one because he was good at it. He was good at being a bodybuilder. He had the genetics for it. So, he became a bodybuilder, but he didn't like training at all for a bodybuilder. He loved martial arts. That's what he loved. He loved fighting. Um, but he went to compete because he just had the genetics for it. So I'm not like that. I'm, I started training in the gym and I got into bodybuilding because I love to train. Uh, so the process is what I love, not necessarily the stage. Um, the stage is what I want to do now, but the process getting there is really what I'm here for. If there wasn't training, I wouldn't do any of this shit. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've always wondered too, like even on a lifestyle aspect, how people don't like posing because like I'll go and I mean, there's an old Arnold thing where Arnold talks about how he hits a pose like after every single set, just because you primed mm -hmm. a muscle and you want to, you know, engage it in another way. And like, there's a lot of mirrors at my gym. So I'll do that just because, you know, why not? It, it's enjoyable to pose. Like, yeah. Once you get past the front double, because everybody does the front double, once you get past that and start doing some of the other poses, like I'll hit like side chests just out of the blue just to check in and see how it's looking. Yeah. And it's enjoyable to do so. Like that's that's like a little bit of enjoyment that I find in the gym. And so it always surprises me when people like don't enjoy doing that because you get to just see yourself in a pumped up state why wouldn't you want to have that little bit of a boost? Like, yeah, uh, um, it, it doesn't make sense to me. No, I'm in the same boat. I, I agree. Um, and people say posing is weird and stuff. And it's like, I get it. It is a weird stance. Like doing a side chest is a very weird thing to do. It, it doesn't look natural at all. And it's not, it's to accentuate different muscles in a different way, but um, there's an art to it. And who I meant earlier was Flex Wheeler. That's what I meant. I don't know why I was drawing a blank on his name. It was Flex Wheeler that I was talking about. Um, Flex Wheeler was a martial artist before becoming a bodybuilder, and he just had phenomenal genetics for bodybuilding. That's why he got into it. But in interviews now, he says that he doesn't like, he didn't like training. He didn't want to train. He didn't enjoy it, but he did it because he was able to compete on a bodybuilding stage. When he was done bodybuilding, he went right back to martial arts. So, yeah. granted, he doesn't have his leg now, unfortunately. He still trains. He still, tra I think he's always still trained like a bodybuilder, kind of, to a lesser degree. When you retire, you still train to a lesser degree. Um, it's, it's like, like that's, that's how it's going to be for me is even when I'm, I've told my wife, I'm like, even when I'm done bodybuilding, I'm still going to train. Like there's yeah. still going to be training. There's still going to be a meal plan. I'm still going to live the lifestyle because it is a lifestyle. It's who I am. It's part of who I am. You know, there's always going to be like, I might not be in the gym as much, you know, I might more like maintenance kind of stuff. Like, you know, kind of on, you know, relatively on plan Monday through Friday. Then there's kind of like whatever healthy wise, whatever Saturday, Sunday training, like four days a week, like push, pull legs, arms or some shit like that. Like, like do like a chest day, a back day, a leg day, and then like a shoulder bicep and tricep day or something. 
um, you know, like whatever it is that I can do to just maintain, that's what I'll do when I retire and stop doing this. But it's always going to be a part of me. Um, same with like posing, like it's just, just, it's an art to me. It's truly an art. Um, someone that I think everybody should check out on Instagram is, um, I think it's Killian Ortega Perez. Um, is the guy I follow. He posts posing videos and like, he is exactly, um, yeah, it's Killian Ortega Perez. He's a posing coach and he also competes. Um, he's a IFBB elite pro athlete. So he competes in the, um, Eastern European competitions, um but like he's truly like he's truly like the epitome of like the art like that's he's about the posing that's what he that's what he's all about and that's what i want to become is like when i i don't want to be a coach i don't want to be a coach i could potentially be a trainer like i potentially train people in hypertrophy but at the end of the day when i'm done bodybuilding or even in the middle of bodybuilding what i want to be is a posing coach that's what i love i want to be able to critique people's posing and get paid per half hour, hour session or whatever, and work on somebody's posing and get them dialed in. And like, ideally want to get into classic physique posing and all of that. So like, that's what he does. He, he has this art to his posing. And, um, that's why I love following his Instagram is because that's what he posts is the routines and, and the aesthetics and stuff like that of, of posing. Um, but he, again, he poses in classic physique style, um, which is more of an art than like men's open men's open. is just how fucking massive and lean can I get? men's physique is like how aesthetic can I be um, where, and then you're just, you're posing in an aesthetic way to just accentuate how you look um, symmetrically and all of that. But classic is the art behind it. It's how big, how lean, how aesthetic can I be for the human genetics? Like how, like what's the perfect human form possible? Yeah. Um, That's classic. Um, And there's open is comes in and open is how many, how much drugs can we take without dying? (laughs) That's, that's where they're at at this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, And how fucking freaky can I look as well? Yeah. Can just absolute freak. Um, So there's that, but there is the art to it. And I think Killian Ortega has a very similar posing style to um, Lee Labrada. Lee Labrada kind of developed his own posing style back in the seventies. Um, which was, it's called the open, closed open, uh, which is a very beautiful art style as far as posing goes. Um, for those that don't know, when it comes to classic posing, there's different, uh, there's so many different poses you can do. There are main four, there's a main four poses for classic. It's going to be side chest, front double, like typically they'll do like a front lat spread, a rear double, um, and then what's called a quarter turn. So when you, when you step on stage as a classic, you'll typically, they'll typically say, front lat spread or front double then they'll say quarter turn to the side you'll do a quarter turn which is kind of like kind of flexing your chest a little bit flexing your triceps you're standing up straight then they say rear double or rear lat spread then they say quarter turn to the right side chest or something like that um and then you just hit whatever side you say they say quarter turn doesn't matter what way you turn whatever's looks best for you is the way you turn yeah. so some people turn counterclockwise some people turn clockwise it doesn't matter um, but then they'll also say side chest. Those are like the main poses that you'll get, but then there's so many other poses during your actual posing routine during the finals that will help the judges determine who should be first. You could be second in pre-judging, but then bring it to first because of your finals routine. You know, you could have a beautiful routine and really accentuate your, your strengths. And they're like, okay, he didn't look the best in pre-judging, but he has the routine. He has the posing down. He's got this art to it that brings him to first place. Um, so that's where the posing of 
like that's where the art comes in, not really necessarily the prejudging stuff. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be the finals and Lila Brada, who was an open competitor back in the seventies, I think it was the seventies. Um, he has a style I believe is called open closed open, where when he would transition from a pose, he would consider the pose itself open. That's what it's called. You consider it open, then he would close his system and open it back up into another pose. So um, transitioning from like a side chest to a front double, he'll like bring his arm around, like keep his hands together, bring it around. And then like, just, he, it's just, it's an art. It's like you, you want to move like water. It's like Tai Chi. You want to like move into yeah. like flow into the next pose and you do, you want it to look natural. You want it to look like, holy shit, he just moved from this pose to this pose. We're two completely different poses, but it didn't look like it, you know? So like, that's part of the art. And that's what I want to get into. But men's physique is why, that's why men's physique gets kind of shit on is because the posing is so fucking whack. That's why I never, I mean, we've talked about it in the past, but that's why I could never really get behind it, even on a fan side, because like, I just don't like seeing the same two things over and over again. Yeah. Um, and the problem nowadays too. So like, like I've said in the past where men's physique originated was like, who has the perfect beach body? Like what's the perfect body for like showing up to the beach? Like this is like the epitome of like what the average man wants. That's kind of where it originated. So like, that's where the standing there kind of showed up is because it's like, this is what you're going to be doing when you're in public. You're going to be standing. Yeah. So it's like, the idea is like, let's see how good I can look while just kind of standing naturally. But then it kind of transitioned to this, like, this like side front pose and then you get your back pose. The problem now that I'm seeing a lot and a lot more that's really pissing me off is that you got the guys in the front pose that literally look like they're just fucking standing there. Then I love the hand on the hip. That's me personally. But Aaron Banks is one that kind of is bringing this back is that just a standing there. You have your hands down. You can't even see your lats at all from the front. You just accentuate in your chest and your abs. You're just fucking standing there. And then there's this back pose called, it's called handlebars. Every, all the coaches, not coaches, judges at that seminar I went to with Steve Weinberger, all of them said, do not do this shit. And yet they hmm. still fucking do it. Even at the O, Aaron Banks got first and he still fucking did it. It's called the handlebars. Whereas you do the back pose, ideally what you want to do with the back pose is the way I think about it is you want to do a lat spread, flex your triceps and rest your arms on your lats. That's what you want to do. Lean a little bit back, tilt your head up so that you look more straight because you're going to be leaning back. So you want to make it look natural. So leaning your head forward, it'll look like you're leaning back. But if you lean your head up, it's going to look more natural. You want to accentuate your Christmas tree, which is your lower back. You want to accentuate your lower lats, your lat, your upper lats, your rhomboids, uh, your traps, rhomboids. your tricep, yeah, rhomboids, your rhomboids, your traps, all of that at the same time. But what they're doing now is instead of resting it kind of like at a 45 to like a 50 degree angle, maybe 60 at the most, they're doing what's called handlebar. You're riding a chopper. You're fucking 90 degrees with your arms and it just makes your lats look much smaller because you're you're not thickening them. You're just spreading them it's out. It's like it's like you're almost going like into a front double like yes. on, on like a on like a classic physique uh transition almost. Yeah, so like, like you're gonna do a front double you, you but do before the, you the, raise the your hands. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before you raise your hands, you go 90 degrees. That's the pose right there. And it's just, it's so fucking dumb to me. And Steve Weinberger was calling it out. He's like, it just doesn't, it makes your lats look a lot smaller. It makes your lat insertions look a lot higher. It just, he's like, I don't know why people are doing this now. It doesn't make any sense. So um, you're starting to see that now. And then another thing that I'm starting to see with this guy who keeps fucking winning second for some reason at these pro shows is he's just standing straight on. He puts both of his hands on his hips, standing straight on. I'm like, dude, it's not 2012. Like we, we're out of this now. 
That's not it anymore. That ain't it. That's yeah. how they started it in the beginning where they put their hands on their hips, spread their lats, kind of, you know, they were soft back then and everything was a different look. But like, that's how they did it back then. This dude's just standing there. I'm like, dude, you're not even fucking posing. <laughs> like, why is this guy getting rewarded for that? He has a great physique. Don't get me wrong. Like, he deserves to be first call out. But like, dude, fucking pose. So you're starting to see that now. And it's like, you to have the balls to just stand straight on to the judges and be like, yeah, my waist is small enough for this. It's well, that might, wild. Well, that might be part of it. Like just to have that men- mentality, that mindset, be like, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> and his back pose is shit too. It's too forward. I'm like, he's a great physique. Don't get me wrong. He should not be first with his physique. I don't think. I don't think he should be first, maybe third, something like that. But his posing should be docked. He should be docked because of his posing. And that's my opinion. And that's also kind of why I want to become a judge one day is because I'm so fucking picky on how these guys compete. And yeah. I think that like you, you obviously you have to go into it without bias. Like you can't have bias. And obviously there's going to be some unconscious bias. But like when it comes to posing, you should do the bare minimum of just hitting the fucking pose. Like if you're at least going to stand there, kind of like what Aaron Banks does for his front pose, fine. You know, you're technically hitting the pose. But like the dude just standing straight on. That's not even actually the front pose. That's not the pose <laughs> that everybody's doing now. That's not what's being called for. So – and like the handlebars, it's like you're technically doing is You can't really be docked for it, but it just looks fucking whack. So that's another reason men's physique is is getting a bad rap is because you got these guys doing these wacky ass poses. And like like with classic, there's different ways of hitting different poses that make you look good. But like it's when you're doing men's physique, there's two poses and it just, just fucking just, just hit them. And if everybody hits them the same way, we can all kind of see who's winning and if you don't got to prove anything, you know, if you think you should, you could win, then do the same pose everybody else is doing. You don't need to make it different. Just beat them on your physique. That's what men's physique is about. It's who has the best physique. There's no best posing, you yeah. know? So just hit the fucking pose and get off stage, you know, show who has the best physique. But and maybe that's, that's why, maybe that's why I'm not as drawn to it because in sports, like I'm a spectator. So I want to see, a show of some kind. And so that's why classic physique really sets the bar because like the posing routines and you're coming out and you're kind of building up the crowd to something. That's, yeah. that's kind of my stance on it. My, my thing with men's physique, the reason why I'm okay with competing in it is because it's getting bigger and leaner. And it's almost to the point now where a lot of men's physique guys can almost compete in classic just with a little bit more size. Um, so that's why I'm okay with competing in men's physique. 10 years ago, I wouldn't be because it's not the look I'm going for. I could step on stage right now. I could step on stage eight weeks out and compete, you know, in men's physique, uh, yeah. you know, relative lab showing some fat, you know, it's not the look that they're going for now. Now it's peeled. It's pretty big. You got to have muscle, you got to have proportions. So um, that's why I'm okay with it. So I, but when it comes to the posing, I understand why people aren't into it. Um, so like, that's why I don't, on anybody who's like hey, i'm not a fan i get it you know i get it i wasn't the biggest fan at first but it's just come such a long way in the past like four years even i've gotten a lot more respect for it um and if you look at it like imagine seeing this physique in person like or like in public that's true. Not in person yeah. in public imagine seeing this in public like that's the idea behind it it's like how would you react to this physique in public? Who has the best physique if you're in public and you're like, wow, that guy's <laughs> physique is fucking crazy. Well, that's like you know? Ronnie Winkler would go into uh, the streets of New York with no shirt on and just, yeah. <laughs> just walk around. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's like that's the original idea behind men's physique is like who has the best physique for public? Like who would look the best? Like everybody would – because like men's physique, you're still – 
going to get people looking at you because of your physique. And that's part of the reason why I'm excited for Florida is because it's like, I'm going to look the best I've ever looked in my entire life. And yeah. I'm going to go to the place that is for that. So um, that's the mindset behind men's physique. And that's why I'm okay with it. But again, I understand why you're not into it. You know, the posing is pretty whack. But I hope it comes. I hope one day men's physique starts introducing more poses. I hope they do a quarter turn and I hope they do a side chest or something. And then they do front and rear doubles. Not necessarily like posing like classic. I think that's too much for it considering they don't judge the legs. But I think if we do like a side chest or something where you don't need to look at the legs, it's just how you <laughs> accentuate your chest or like, you know, guys are just going to stand there straight and just do a fucking side chest. But, First call out glute spread. <laughs> yeah, just bend over and spread your cheeks. Spread them. Um, how much hair is in there? I'd like to see the prison pose, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every hair is one less point. Jesus. Um, yeah, no, but I, I think that that would be cool. But it's going to like, I mean, the difference between now and a few years from now, I think is, is going to be a big difference. Um, even the, the level of competition um, with like legs, you know, you look three years ago, these guys didn't have legs, but now they all They're have filling out legs. their shorts. Yeah. yeah. They all got big legs. The shorts are getting, and the, the other thing too, with the shorts, Steve Weinberg didn't like it. He was saying that the shorts are supposed to be just above the knee. That's the idea is that you're supposed to wear board shorts that you would wear to the beach, but shorts for men's physique are getting shorter and shorter and shorter and tighter and tighter where they're almost like old classic physique shorts. For those that don't know old classic physique shorts, you couldn't see their glutes. It actually come down their hands a little bit. It was almost like you're wearing boxer briefs kind of, yeah. you know? So like, that's how they're get. They're almost getting to that point now. So I like that direction. I think that even though legs aren't judged, but you have proportionate legs, I think you should be rewarded for that because you have a proportionate aesthetic physique. If you have no legs and your fucking board shorts are bagging, waving around, but then you have a gigantic upper body, it just looks weird. So I think that's the, the direction I hope it goes in. Yeah. So anyways. And we can hope, and hopefully over the next couple of years, it starts to see some change. Yeah. Frontiered by Paul Max Rusty. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be great if I could revolutionize it somehow, but I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. That'd be great, though. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep you guys posted on uh, my show and all of that, and we'll talk about it next weekend probably a little bit, too. Yeah, for sure. All right, buddy. We are going to wrap things up here. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Check out our YouTube. Check out our website, hhcast.com. Um, I got to catch up on the videos for there, but for the for the YouTube. But if you guys want to watch, um, you can check out our YouTube. Uh, listen on other platforms, but YouTube, we have the videos. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. Bye. See you guys.